1: Time now for the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area.
2: Well, today in studio with me, a dear friend, a very special guest, and it's always a wonderful time when we get a chance to come together. You know, the Scripture tells us that wherever two or more are are gathered together. I'm there in their midst. The presence of the Lord is there. And it's always delightful to spend some time with Bishop Bob Jackson. Founding pastor, senior pastor of Axeful Gospel, Church of God in Christ in Oakland, because uh he not only brings a good message from the Word, uh the Holy Spirit accompanies this man no matter where he travels. And uh Bishop Bob as always a delight to have you with us today in studio.
3: Thank you, Craig Roberts. It's always a delight to be here with you as well.
2: I- I'm gonna ask Bishop Jackson to tell us a bit about Axeful Gospel, but before I do What's that profile? When we talk about how do we identify a solid Bible-believing church, what
3: does that look like for somebody? Well, first of all, it looks like a church that uses the Bible. <laughs> That's number one. I tell people that I ask for gospel all the time, if you don't have a Bible when you come here, you're at the wrong church because we use the Bible. We don't just lift it up and talk about it, but we actually turn the pages and actually quote from it, read from it, And that's our whole thing, the Word of God. And so it has to be a Bible, a church that's teaching the Bible, preaching the Bible, and uses the Scriptures for you to see what God is saying as
2: opposed to just hearing. So if the preacher gets up and and quotes one Scripture at the very start of the sermon and then sets the Bible down and walks away from the pulpit and never has another Bible verse again for the next 50 minutes, you Probably looking at the church is more heavily into platitudes
3: than into biblical preaching. So you're looking at a happy meal, being able to eat one French fry. Got it. Okay? That's kinda of what it is. And you when you come to church you should be hungry for the word of God. I mean people to make all kinda of reasons why they come to church. Come to church to hear good old gospel singing, they come to church to, to you know to feel good. They have one lady said the church has some good vibes, you know, whatever. But the point I'm saying is the real reason you come is that worship and praise and all of that is great, but also for the word of God. You should have your beer bone, your knife and fork And you have your Bible, and you're ready to eat. And then you have a pencil or pen or marking pen so you can mark your Bible as the preacher is teaching or ministering the Word of God. That's your food, spiritual food. And so many people come to church, and they're not spiritually nourished. They used to have an expression, I'm not being fed. I'm not fed at that church. And they're telling the truth because the Word of God is our – the Bible says, Lord Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven. Mm He's the word made flesh. So if you take that back to Scripture, the Word of God, then the Word of God is our food that we actually eat to feed our spirit, man, and to renew our minds. So we can have the mind of Christ. I was I was looking at John eight, uh, St. John chapter eight and verse forty three. The Lord Jesus was he was talking to some religious leaders, and what happened was they had this dialogue going on back and forth. And he got to the forty-third verse, and I won't go into the whole thing, but the forty-third verse and forty-fourth verse. I want you to look at this because many times we talk about the enemy. The enemy is the Republicans, they're the Democrats, they're the they're the they're the, they're the Baptists, they're the Methodists, the Episcopalians. I mean, the different denominations fighting each other. Do you know there's over three hundred denominations in Christ? And none of them can get along. But anyway, so it's 8th chapter of John, 43rd verse. He says, why do you not understand my speech? Red lettered in the Bible. So it means the Lord Jesus is speaking. Why do you not understand my speech? He said, even because you cannot hear my word. Then in 44, he explains why he said that. He says, you are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. I came to the conclusion that, Lord, I never want to tell a lie again. So I warned people. I said, listen, if you don't want to know the truth. Don't ask me, because I'm obligated to tell you the truth, because I'm not going to lie for anybody. Because if the devil is the father of lies, every time you lie, you're owning the fact that you're a child of the devil.
2: Let's spend a moment talking about what God has done at Axeful Gospel, and it's almost unfair to ask you that question. (laughs) with Five minutes left of the program, we'd have to cancel the next few hours, and Dr. McGee's listeners at 8.30 would wonder what happened. (laughs) God has truly done an amazing work in your ministry and I believe, Bishop Jackson, it is that unadulterated, unabashed teaching of God's word, the proclaiming of his word, that not only is good for reproof and exhortation and and for righteousness and the imparting of knowledge and understanding and direction, the the manual on how to live, you know? Oftentimes we'll we'll get a gift for Christmas maybe from Ikea, start to put it together, it falls apart, we end up with 10 or 20 bolts left over. You didn't read the manual. God has given us a manual called His Word. Folks, come to the doors of Axeful Gospel Church. Tell us a bit about what that experience is like.
3: Well, it, 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 the first thing is worship. We, we, we believe in praise and worship. And uh, we we believe in inviting the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, he said, there am I in the midst. So we want to make sure that he's there present from the beginning of the service. And we want to start, you know, we want to welcome him. We welcome the Holy Spirit in. And then we have prayer. We offer prayer. And then we sing praise songs. Now, here's the thing with praise songs. Every song in church is not a praise song. Praise songs are distinguished by one thing. They're vertical, and they're not horizontal. Amen. So when you hear praise leaders singing horizontal songs, horizontal songs are singing to the audience. Come on, come on, come on. i let you go. Come on, come on, come on. Don't you want to go? That's singing to the audience. But when you say, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice, you're singing to the Lord. Paul David was a master at praise and worship, and he said, I will Bless the Lord at all times. His praise, what? Continually. Shall continue to be in my mouth. Amen. You see that? So David said, sing, a, sing unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord, all the earth. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord. So when you're really praising God and you're singing songs of praise, they are always vertical. They always are going to the Lord. And when you begin to praise him, old saints used to say when the praises go up, The blessings come Come down. down. I'd like to amend that. When the praises go up, the blessor comes down. Because God inhabits the The praises of his people. people. So when those praises are going forth, the spirit of the Lord begin to move. Let me tell you something. You can feel the anointing of God. You can feel what we felt in the studio tonight. Those little bumps, chill bumps come up on you and you're not cold and the hairs on your back begin to stand up and you feel like you stuck your finger in an electric plug. I mean, that's the spirit of God. And then when the preacher gets up, he brings out the word of God and says, turn with me. And he doesn't read one scripture, but he reads so much that you'd be saying, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm satiated with all of this word. I'm so full. And that's what I call a real service.
2: And if you come out afterwards and you think, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a bit convicted, it's almost as if he was preaching right at me, <laughs> um, then that's the clue to understand that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, saying, brother, sister, you got a couple of things you need to work on. That's the kind of community at Axeville Gospel Church. It's not a body of perfect people but it's a body of people in the process of being perfected unto him. Actsful Gospel Church, street address, Bishop Bob. 1034
3: 66th Avenue in the city of Oakland. And, of course,
2: uh, you can catch uh, content available on the website and uh, many resources and details by going to actsfulgospel.org. That's actsfulgospel.org. If you're looking for a church that's kind of quiet and sleepy and does a bake sale and everybody goes home at the end of the day and they all kind of feel okay and there's just not much going on, this is not the church for you. If you want to get plugged in, turned on by the Holy Spirit, and have the Word permeate your heart and soul and change your life, get you excited about God's Word, then you want to check out Axeful Gospel Church of Oakland again on the web at axfulgospel.org. That's axfulgospel.org.
3: You all have to forgive me this morning because I have been going through some things I'm telling you that I've never gone through before. I never would have dreamed in all of my Campbell Village living and my Brookfield raising that the President of the United States of America would see fit to give me some kind of lifetime achievement award. I just... Only God could do things like that. Who ever heard of anybody from Camel Village, amen, receiving a lifetime achievement award from the President of the United States of America? And my God, I'm telling you, I'm just... uh, uh, I'm just... I'm speechless The thing that bothers me is I don't even know who did it Nobody That's it That's why I'm praising them Only God could have done that And then for Channel 5 To come from the Hope When we got out the car Channel 5 was there Filming us like we were some Royalty My wife and I Coming out We were just Looking We were like He said Channel 5 John Ramos And we are Filming you Bishop And I'm like Thank God I don't have no warrants, thank God. Just. Thank you. Thank you all. I want you to know it never would have happened without all of you. Without all of you, amen. Without all of you. And I want to thank God for every one of you that are members of this church. And you that are members of the church but don't come no more. I still love you, amen. Thank you for all of you and all the work you all do. And I just give God praise. Thank you so much. I love you all. So, Acts Full Gospel, I've been working on a series. It's called I Have What I Say. Anybody getting anything out of that? Whether you know it or not, you're having what you're saying. Everything you have been saying is coming to pass in your life. So if you want to change what you're having, saints of God, you're going to have to learn to change what you are saying. When I was growing up, they had a song called, What You See is What You Get. Junior, you know that song, What You See, and I want you to know that's a lie. You can see things all day long. You never will get it. <laughs> but the Word of God says, What You Say is What You Get. So it's very important for you to watch the words that come out of your mouth. Did you see that? You have to change what you're saying. Your words coming out of your mouth is more powerful than you ever could imagine. They're actually shaping your life while you are speaking. People that say I can't do it and people that say I can do it are both correct. You'll have what you're saying, especially if you're saying what God has said. And that is operating with the God kind of faith. And we're we're talking about the God kind of faith. Everybody has faith. All of you have faith. But not everybody is operating or walking according to the God kind of faith. What's the difference? Well, you got the devil's kind of faith. You got your kind of faith. And then you have God's kind of faith. Which one do you choose? Now you're ready for the message. Go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. And this has been our foundation scripture, and I just believe God is going to stay our foundation scripture until the Lord leads me somewhere else. And so, the, and so people, I hear people still saints, wonderful saints, love God with all their heart, but saying the wrong things. And I want you to know, if you're saying the wrong things, then God can't bless you according to his word, because you, by your own tongue, you're defeating your own self. Did you see that? I don't don't care. I was just saying, I I was just saying, I was just talking. Well, you need to learn how to shut up. Matter of fact, the Bible says study to be quiet. Why? Because you can end up saying the wrong thing. Oh, now watch this now. Go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. And for you single men, go also to 22. Single women, you ought to be praising God. You ought to be saying hallelujah. So the verse 21, he says, when you have it, say amen. Amen. Watch this now. Bow your heads. Can you say Lord Lord Jesus? So, Father, we thank you for your word and pray that by the Holy Ghost, you will give us eyes to see and give us ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to us on today. Because we are your children called by your name and we give you praise. We want to have your kind of faith. To walk by faith, your kind of faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name and the people of God all said, Proverbs 18, 21, when you have it, say amen. amen. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Death and life are in the gun. Wait, wait a minute. Death and life are in COVID. Well, well that's what people have been saying. Death and life are in the power of the what? Didn't say the power of the gun, didn't say the power of COVID, didn't say the power of the flu, didn't say the power of cancer, didn't say the power of asthma, didn't say the power of Parkinson. didn't say the, Amen. it said death and life are in the power of the tongue. tongue. Is that what he said? Yes. And watch this now. And they that love it, love death, or love life. He says she'll eat the fruit thereof. So what I didn't know about this scripture, and I taught this last week, your words are like seeds. So when they go out of your mouth, they actually plant and they grow. So turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, what are you growing? Oh, no, I just don't feel good. when I wake up in the morning. I just don't feel good. I, who, Who? Anybody in here feel good when you wake up in the morning? Anybody? Anybody wake up? Great <laughs> so good about it. I woke up this morning, and I was like, oh, Lord, uh, oh Jesus. Take me about twenty minutes to get out of the bed. I love you all that wake up, oh hey new day. <laughs> yeah. Most of us get up and it's like, Oh, what time is it? Oh man. Oh, they oh, just let me get five more minutes. Just hit that snooze. Anyone got that snooze alarm, hit that snooze alarm and So God is saying that if you love death, people that talk about death all the time, talk about dying, sickness, disease, and all that. And even if something comes upon your body, you have to learn how to fight against it, amen, with the God kind of faith. Watch this. You have to do it. So he says, death and life are in the power of the, he's talking about your tongue. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. He said, and they that love it, love death or love life. He says, shall will eat the fruit thereof because your words are seeds. And when you speak them out and continue to speak them, they plant, take root and they bring forth fruit. It's going. The fruit is either going to kill you it's going to call you, cause you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Are you with me, somebody? Did you see that? Okay. Well, it's hard to... Oh, single men, verse 22. Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. And obtaineth favor of the Lord. And a lot of you single men need some favor. Don't talk to none until you get a job, though. (laughs) Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Are you with me, somebody? Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. The Lord Jesus taught us along the same lines that I'm telling you. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And we covered this last week. This is just a quick review, and then we'll be ready for today. But I want to go to verse 22, the 11th chapter of Mark, verse 22. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Is that what he said? Now, what he's saying is, watch this now. The translation, the revelation is, have the God kind of faith. Or have faith in God's word would be better for me. He's saying, have faith in God. People have faith in the weather man. Man said it was, a, it was a, a drought going on in the desert, and so the preacher got up and said, Well, we believe God. Folks were there with their shorts on and tank tops and whatnot in Sunday morning service. And the, and the preacher got up and said, Okay, tonight we believe God is going to rain. How many believe God can make it rain tonight? Right. This evening. And everybody in the church, yeah, 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 yeah. They came back for night service that evening, and one man had on his yellow raincoat and his boots and his rain hat. And the rest had their tank tops and shorts on. Who really believed it was going to rain? So Jesus answered and said unto them, you have to learn how to walk by the faith that's in God, in his word. You see this? And I'm I'm working with this because I want you to see it. He said, have faith in God. He didn't say have faith in the devil, have faith in the system, have faith in the Democrats, have faith in the Republicans. He said, have faith in God. In other words, he said, have faith in God's word, that God is a keeper of his word. And if he promised it, if he said it, how many know he's going to do it? Hallelujah. And all you got to do is believe it and stand on it. Watch the next verse. He comes back now. He shows you exactly what he was getting at. Verse 23. This is the Lord Jesus teaching this. Catch it now. Catch it. He said, verily. That word verily always means truly. He says, truly I say unto you. Who, who's he talking to? He said that whosoever. Any whosoever's in here today? He said that whosoever shall say, shall what? Shall say unto this mountain. The mountain is anything that's in your way, anything that's blocking your path, anywhere that's causing you trouble, anything that's causing you sickness, anything that's causing you anything, anything that's bothering you. Are you with me, somebody? Say, he said, say. He didn't say, go get a hammer. He didn't say, go get a, amen, a gun. He didn't say, go get a knife. He didn't say, go get an ice pick. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, say unto this mountain, this trouble, this problem, this situation, be thou removed. Now, now he te- I love the Lord because not only does he tell you who to talk to, but he tells you what to say. He says, say to the mountain. Say to what? Be thou what? And be thou what? In other words, get far away from me as you can. And shall not doubt in his heart, or shall not doubt in her heart, but shall believe. Watch this. That those things which he says said, which she said, shall believe those things which he said. Believe those things which she said. Watch this. Shall come to pass, shall happen the way God said it was going to happen. Shall happen, shall come to pass. Watch this. Read that last verse out loud. So See, somebody didn't read it. they sitting there going. That's because you don't believe it. And because you don't believe it, you can't receive it. And because you can't receive it, you can't have it. Because God operates by faith. He said without faith, it's impossible to please him. So he made sure he gave everybody the measure of faith. So you can't say, I don't have the faith to believe. God said, yeah, I made sure I took care of that. Every one of you have the faith to believe right now. And like I said, you either going to believe the devil in his report, you're going to believe the Republicans and the Democrats and their reports, or you, or Gavin Newsom in his report, or you going to believe God in his report. I don't know about you, but I choose to believe God in his report. Anybody else with me? Anybody else? Now watch this. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. We stopped off at Luke chapter six. Did you get that? Yeah. You shall have whatsoever. What? Yeah. What are you saying? And what have you been saying? And then, and then, watch this. Watch this. You, you that criticize other people and bad mouth them. Look at old so and so. She just make me sick. <laughs> I don't know why I keep coming. I don't know why I keep coming down. with that? That's because you keep saying people make you sick. And you're having everything you say. You're just as sick as a cockroach. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Eating raid. Luke chapter 6. I love y'all. Amen. I got I to gotta teach you this, though. This is, this is how we walk by faith and not by... Luke chapter 6. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this. You're getting ready to flip your life right now. You're going to flip your life like I have flipped those pancakes. Amen. Luke chapter 6 is where we... T- Left off last week. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Luke chapter 6 and verse 6. When you have it, say amen. amen. Watch this now. Watch this. And it came to pass. What did it come for? See, see, too many of us Christians hold on to things when it came to pass. You'll get that around three. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. His right hand was what? was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day. That they might find an occasion against him. In other words, be able to accuse him of breaking the Sabbath. Watch verse 8. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Now watch verse 9. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? Watch verse 10. And looking around about upon them all, he said unto the man, stretch forth thy hand. Stretch forth thy hand. And the man said, can't you see my hand is withered up, Jesus? Jesus. I've been going to the doctor and they've been giving me pills and they've been giving me therapy, but my hand is still withered up. This one with the microphone, it's still withered up. You said stretch forth my hand, okay? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The man had it withered hand, right? This hand, are you with me? It's all withered up. So everybody can see it. it's all withered up. Been withered up for a long time. Amen? Amen. Maybe all his life. But Jesus said, what? Now watch this. If that was you and me, when he said, stretch forth thy hand, we would say.
1: "And,
3: And this one would still be messed up. But the man had enough understanding that the Lord Jesus had a miracle waiting on him. All of a sudden, he changed yeah. what he was saying. I can move it. I can move it. I can. Yeah. And according to the word that Jesus spoke, the man moved his hand, yes. and the Bible said he was holding just like the other one. Yes. Just like the other one. Yes. The thing that got me about it, when you look at the eleventh verse. He did so at the end of the 10th. And he did so, and his hand was restored, hold as the other, watch 11, and they were filled with madness. The crowd got mad. The religious people got mad, got angry, and communed, talked with each other what they might do to Jesus. Well, you're going to celebrate him like the president celebrated me on yesterday. You're going to celebrate him. He healed a man that couldn't get healed. He healed a man that was that was maimed, that was... The, 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 and yet instead of glad about it, they were. That's what religious people do. That's how religious do. So, so today, did you get that? Yeah. So all the man did was did what the Lord Jesus said. I said he did what the Lord. But watch this. It wasn't so easy just to do it because the man knew that his hand was withered up. So the man had to go against some things that he had already been saying. And change what he was saying to say, well, "Okay, the Lord says stretch it. I'm going to stretch my." Amen. So, so watch this, watch this, watch this. So, I had a sister, a mother in the church. She rides that lark. She rides on that lark, that that scooter. She comes in on a scooter. She just she goes to the seniors on the scooter. She's got her scooter going on. She's on the scooter. So when I came to Tuesday for, and I came by the seniors, I always stick my head in and holler. They're the greatest seniors in the world. I always say, hi, my seniors. Love you all. And the sister came up and said, bishop, bishop, look, look. She didn't come to church last week, but she was watching online. And she said, when you said that, she said, my legs haven't been working for a long time, and I couldn't walk on my legs. That's why I'm riding on this lark, this scooter, everywhere I go. She said, but when you said... To speak to your legs speak to your legs that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus Christ you were healed speak to your legs, she said I spoke to my legs and I told my legs you are healed in Jesus name then she said I stepped off the lark and I'm look bishop, look bishop, look bishop she started walking off, I said oh my god, oh my god, oh my god Well that happened to her, Brother Bob, but it doesn't mean it's gonna happen to me. <laughs> so let's go to Mark let's go to Matthew chapter 8. I'm trying to teach you how to walk by faith. Yeah. Anybody want to know how to walk by faith? Yeah. Okay, go to Matthew chapter 8. Are you, are you getting this? Yeah. All right. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor really gently, watch your mouth. Matthew's Gospel chapter 8. I can't get nobody to help me, brother Bob. That's why you can't. Because you keep saying I can't get nobody to help. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When you have it, say amen. amen. Are you with me? Watch this now. Watch this. When he, the Lord Jesus, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped and did what? Now, now here's a little key right here to your blessings and your miracles. Now, it didn't say praised him. It said he worshiped him. I want you to know, worship is a step above praise. Are you with me, somebody? To me, praise enters you into the presence of the Lord, but worship takes you on through, saints of God. And not many people in the church even praise the Lord. I saw people when the praise service was going on, Brother Lawrence did a marvelous job with the singers, amen, and they were just sitting there being entertained. I mean, no, that praise service is not for you. I said, the praise service is not for you. That praise service is for God. Are you with me, somebody? And if you learn how to praise him, amen, with the praise singers, amen, praise leads you into worship. What did I say? And the Bible says God is looking for such to worship him in spirit and in truth. So praise is what everybody ought to do. But worship, if you're really saved, ought to take you on further, amen, and closer to God. To worship and not be ashamed to get up. You was not ashamed when you were in the boogie place. You were out there boogieing and doing, looking like you had some kind of panic attack out there on the dance floor. That's all right. Some of you all wallflowers. You didn't even dance. You couldn't dance. You had two left feet. And electric side, everybody going right, you going left. Anybody still do the electric side? All right. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. And behold, there came a leper. And in those days, leprosy was just like cancer. Because once you had leprosy, there was no cure. They had to put you in a leper colony, take you away from your family and your friends, your children, put you in a leper colony where everybody had this depilitating disease that their appendages, their fingers would fall off, their toes would fall off, and they would just keep on until it killed them. Leprosy. There was no cure. And so the man, watch this now, he came and worshipped him. You underline that in your Bible. He came and so, before you start begging for stuff, before you start asking God for healing and blessing, see, some people come get their healing and blessing and say, Thank you, Lord. Bye bye. Catch you next time. We got folks right now that don't even come to church and they're blessed. Sitting in the house that God blessed them to get, they didn't have the credit, they didn't have the, they didn't have no way to get that house. God blessed them to get the house, now they can't come back there. And then he blessed them to buy a car and they bought the car, no credit. The men say, for you, come on in, no credit, you don't need any credit, come on in, I'm going to sell you this car. And then you can't come to church no more. Because on Sunday I got to wash the car that the God God gave me. I got to clean the house. I got to wash my clothes, get ready for Monday. Who said it was going to be Monday? So there came a leper and worshiped him. Underline that. Before you start begging God for stuff, learn how to praise him and let your praise go into worship. Amen. Spend some time worshiping God and giving him praise. The man knew what to do. Watch this. Then saying, amen, as he was worshiping, he says this, if thou wilt, now watch this, if thou wilt, he's talking to the Lord Jesus. He said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. I believe cancer patients right now, viewing right now, I don't care what the doctor said about it. I'm going to tell you what Dr. Jesus is talking about. Are you with me, somebody? He said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Who can make me clean? Watch this now. Watch this now. It's going to get you. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. Now watch this. Saying, I will be thou clean. Wait a minute. Saying what? I will. Now notice this. It was against the law for him to touch somebody with leprosy. Because he would have been unclean. So I want you to know the timing of what he said. And the timing of putting his hand on the man. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, touched him, saying, touched him, saying, touched him, saying, as he touched him, he was saying, I will. The man said, I know you can make me clean. He said, as he touched him, he said, I will. So he didn't become unclean for touching a man with leprosy, because by the time he touched him, he had already said, I will. And it was already done. Hello, somebody. He didn't get out of set. He didn't get out of chemical lab tests. He didn't send him down to get a minute blood work. He didn't. He just simply opened his mouth and said, I will be thou clean. Watch this. And immediately, how long? His leprosy was cleansed. Well, that happened to him, Brother Bob, but I don't know if that would happen to me. Okay. Go down to the fifth verse. Watch this. Watch this. Are you with me? Are you starting to get what I'm saying? Yeah. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion. Now, a centurion was not a Hebrew. He was not, a man, a Jew. He was a, an Italian. He was a Roman soldier. Are you with me? So so he he didn't know anything about amen, the Ten Commandments and nothing, nothing like that. But he came unto him, this centurion, not a Hebrew, not a Jew. He said, beseeching him, begging him, watch this, and saying, Lord. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop right there. And say what? Now, how did he know? How did he know that Jesus Christ is Lord? All right. And notice what he called him. He's saying. He was saying, he was saying, what was he saying? He was saying, he didn't just say, hey, Jesus. I'm begging, hey, Jesus. No, he said, and saying, Lord, watch this now. My servant, watch this, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, a paralyzing disease, amen, grievously tormented. Watch this. The man that was paralyzed, grievously tormented, wasn't even there. But the centurion, who no doubt was his boss or his master, went to the Lord Jesus for him. Which means you can make intercession for your friends with cancer, for your friends that's sick. You can stand in the gap for them in Jesus' name. Oh, that's too bad. I heard so-and-so got, I heard so-and-so came down with cancer. I heard so-and-so, oh, that's just too bad. I'm sorry to hear it. You can stand in the gap for that person. This centurion who wasn't even a Jew, wasn't even religious as far as it go, but had enough sense to call Jesus Lord. I think it was revelation knowledge right there. He said, my servant. Which meant he was the master of this man. It was his slaves. That word ser- servant is doulos. Which means slave. My slave lied at home sick of the palsy. Paralyzed. Amen. And he's being tormented in this paralytic state. He's got a disease called the palsies. Isn't it funny how people can name the disease? I'm sick. Well, what do you have? I got... I have sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Now watch this. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Wait, wait, wait. Stop right there. What did he say? Jesus said unto him, the centurion, I will come and heal him. Now watch this. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Thou, thou should come, as, come under my roof. I just had a big party last night. And we were smoking weed and whatnot, and we had Credo was there and Junebug and whatnot. And we were boogieing and partying. Don't, don't come, Lord, don't come to my house. Isn't that funny that a lot, of, even Christians, don't invite the Lord Jesus into their house? No, Lord, you, no, Lord, you don't want to come here. I, I didn't clean up today. You didn't want to come. Dishes in the sink for two days. I didn't come, Lord. I didn't. Don't come here today, Lord. Come, don't come here today. Please don't come today. Centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. My life is raggedy. I'm a sinner. Please don't come under my roof. Watch this. But speak the word only. But speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. Hallelujah to God. What did he say? What did he say? I don't need you to make a personal visit, Lord. I just need you to speak the word only because I know when you say something, it's going to come to pass in the name of Jesus. Speak the word only. And then he caps it off by saying, and my servant, my slave shall be healed. Shall be what? Now, now go back to verse 7 again for a minute. This man paid attention to something he said. Read verse 7. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and... And the man said, don't come, just speak the word only. In other words, your word's coming, it'd be just like you're coming because your words have power. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Just speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Then he explains what he understands about authority. He said, for I'm a man under authority. He was a Roman soldier. I'm a man under authority having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh. And to my servant, the slave, to this, do this, and he doeth it. When Je- watch ten, watch ten, watch ten. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. People that are Jews, that are Israelites, that are religious, that know the Ten Commandments, don't have the kind of faith that this Roman soldier's got. Because the man understood Authority. And he recognized that the Lord Jesus had authority over sickness and disease. Not only sickness and disease, but he's got authority over devils and demons. Hallelujah, somebody. Watch this. Watch this. He said, watch this now. The Lord says in verse 11. And I say unto you. Who's he talking to? He said that many shall come from East Oakland. And many shall come from West Oakland and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Now, now why did he mention that? Because those men walked by the faith in God, walked by the faith in God's word. Abraham believed God and acted on it. Isaac, Jacob believed God. And he said, now you're going to be in the same family. Amen. When you learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Just like Abraham. And then he said something to the church. But the children of the kingdom. Shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because they heard the word of God. We have this Bible. This book called the word of God, but they did not believe it, nor did they do it. Watch verse 13. He closes it up. He says, and Jesus said unto the centurion, the Roman soldier, he said, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. How did the man believe? Go back up to verse eight again. He said, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. That's what he believed. Speak the word only. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And he said, go thy way and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Guess what his servant got? Did his servant know anything about it? No, that's because God can work through you and me. Dealing with people that's got problems. That's our family, our friends. God can work through us. But, 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 you know, but you know the problem that I see too often. The church is so selfish. It's all about me. Lord. What about me? What about me? What about me? And they don't intercede. I'm talking about church folks. They don't love people enough. They don't even love relatives enough to intercede for them. Because as this Roman interceded. For this servant who was a slave, and the Lord healed him because of his faith. The man that got healed didn't even use his faith. You see that? And sometimes the devil will tell you, Well, no sense of praying for me, not really a Christian. Did you see that? So, so go to, let me go one. Can I go one more place? Go to Mark chapter 4. I'm, not, I'm deliberately going slow because this is not something that you speed and holl and jump and throw your handbags and whatnot. No, this is not that kind of stuff. This is one for you to live an overcoming life. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of Satan messing over the saints. Amen. You, you, he ought to be running from you instead of you running from him. So Mark chapter 4, come on. But you got to know something. We've been praying, asking the Lord to do it. And the Lord said, I've already done it. And I'm giving you authority to do it. And you say, well, I don't believe I'm worthy to do it, just like the man. He said, I know. That, that's not a problem. But I'm giving you authority to do it. I'm giving you authority to use my name. I'm giving you authority, every one of you that's born again and believe on me. I'm giving you authority to use my name and speak the word over that person. So now watch 4th chapter Mark. See if I can tie this together. Are you with me? Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Stay with me. Stay with me. Touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor. You're not asleep, are you? (laughs) Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us. Watch this now. Let us pass over. Let us cross over unto the other side. they were standing by the lake. Let us pass over into the, let us cross over into the other side. What did he say? And watch this now. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. Anybody have any storms in your life? Anybody going through any storms in your life? Watch this now. You want to pay close attention to this. There arose a great storm of wind, watch this now, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. So the ship that they were in began to take on water because of the waves and the boat had actually filled up with water. I don't know what they were standing on, how they say dry. But the boat had filled up with water and there was a great storm, not just a storm, a great storm. And if the wind was blowing, the waves were beating on the ship, coming into the ship, filling up the ship. Now watch verse 38. And he, the Lord Jesus, was in the hinder or the stern part of the ship asleep on a pillow. rock a baby. So all the thi- only thing the storm did for the Lord Jesus is rock him to sleep. Your storm ought to be rocking you to sleep, somebody, instead of you losing sleep, amen. You, you already know that God is going to bring you out of that thing, amen, just a matter, amen. You're not going to drown. You're not going to die. You're going to live, amen, and tell of the goodness of the Lord. Amen. He was in the part of, he was in the hinder part of the ship. Watch this. I love this. He was asleep on a pillow. And they awake him. Uh-oh. I wonder who, which disciple was the one that woke him. And they awake him. And someone, man, don't wake up, Jesus. He's sleeping, man. Wake him up, man. We're getting ready to drown, brother. And they wake, watch this. And they awake him. And they said unto him, Master, I'm sure they said, Master, uh, carest thou not that we perish? No, I imagine, Master, Master, carest thou not that we perish? We're getting rid of child, we're getting ready to child. Don't that sound like some, saints you know, we're getting rid of the child, I'm getting ready to lose my house, I'm getting ready to lose my car, I get ready to lose my husband, I'm getting ready to lose my dog, I'm getting ready to lose my wife, I'm getting ready to I'm getting to lose everything. Hearest thou not that we perish? we get ready to die, Jesus. <laughs> watch this. Watch this. Watch this. It's going to get you. And he arose and rebuked the wind. How do you rebuke the wind, Brother Bob? Well, <laughs> no, no. When you rebuke the wind, you just say this. You, you just put your head up, amen, in the air. And you say, wind, I command you to cease. Are you crazy, Brother Bob? Can the wind hear you? That's stupid. The seismologist says that we have to speak a certain way to the atmospheric pressure. You've got to understand how the pressure works. So You don't understand. You Christians are kind of ignorant. Yeah, we're just ignorant. Wind stop blowing. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And then he said, unto the sea. So he, he spoke to the wind first. He rebuked the wind. Yeah. How dare you blow like that, that? Stop blowing wind. And then he said unto the sea. I don't think he said peace. peace. I think he said peace. Yeah. peace. See, when you, when you speak to your circumstances, when you speak to your mountain, you got to use your command voice. You got to use your command voice. You get pretty please. Could, 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 you, could You you? gotta peace Be still. Now watch this, watch this. Now the disciples is looking at him, they're watching it. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Watch this. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? You serve the most high God. And you serve his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all power has been given to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's given you power and he's given you authority. Why are you so fearful? He's talking to the church today. Why are you so fearful? Scared of COVID. You're scared of the neighborhood. You're scared of the shooters. You're scared of the killers. You're scared to come out. You're scared to go in. You're scared of it. You're scared of your shadow. You're scared. And fear works for Satan the way faith works for God. So in order to overcome fear, you need to cast that spirit of fear out of your life. Tell him to get out of your life in the name of Jesus. And don't you come back in Jesus' name. Because if God didn't give you the spirit of fear, then who gave it to you? Where'd you get it from? He said, why are you so fearful? Now they were walking with the Lord Jesus. They had been walking with him. And yet he had to say to them, why are you so fearful? And then this is the part that gets me. He said, "How is it that you have no faith?" So fear will take, wipe your faith completely out in God. Now they had faith, but it was they had their faith in fear. They had their faith in fear. Now, now wait, a now wait a minute. Let me show you something. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Job chapter three. Watch this. Put your finger right there. I'm coming back. Go to Job, uh, uh, for some people, Job. Go to Job chapter 3. Go to Job chapter, keep your finger right there. Where's Job? Job is just before Psalms, is that right? Go to to chapter 3, I'm going to pick it up around verse 25. Pick it up around verse 25, I do believe. Job chapter 3, verse 25, it just popped in my spirit right there, I saw it. 3 and 25. Thank you. <laughs> now can everybody read it? <laughs> Job chapter 3, verse 25. Read it. Well, oh, I sure hope it's not cancer. They found something. They, they saw a lump. They, they, I sure hope it's not cancer. I sure hope it's not cancer. The thing which I feared. You know my mama had cancer. You know big mama had cancer. Cancer running our family. Well, it's time for cancer to run out of your family. Amen. It's time for you to run it out in the name of Jesus. For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. That's because fear works for Satan the way faith works for God. And if Satan can get you into fear, saints of God, you, you're toast. You're done. Stick the fork in. For the thing which I great look look not just feared, for the thing which I greatly feared. In other words, a sleepless nights. I'm tossing and turning. I was tossing and turning, turning and to- tossing and turning all night. Look at look at your neighbor and see if their eyes are red. <laughs> for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is coming to me. Now go back to the text for a minute. Where am I at? Fourth chapter, thirty-fifth verse. Fourth chapter, I gotta go. Fourth chapter, thirty-fifth verse. Let me come down here. Forty, 40th verse. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Forty. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? Did you see that? And there's so many saints right now, you scared. You're going to lose your job, scared you're going to lose your house, scared you're going to lose, scared you're you're going to pay the rent, all your money spent, telephone disconnect, waiting on your next paycheck, even got a light bill due. You know, your baby needs shoes and you just need a (laughs) beat. Why are you so fearful? Watch this. I'm talking to the church. God's talking to the church. It's the Lord Jesus talking. He said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? When God said, I gave every one of you the measure of faith, what happened to your faith? Fear wiped your faith out. Watch verse 41. And they feared exceedingly. In other words, they got most scared. Fear got grist grip. They had panic attacks. They were having panic attacks. And said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, now, where did they miss it, Brother Bob? They missed it. Watch this now. They missed it in verse 35. Want me to show you what he missed? it. And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us cross over unto the other side. He didn't say nothing about let's drown in the middle of the sea while we're out there. He said, we're getting ready to cross over to the other side. Amen. So you don't have to worry about no wind and no waves and the boat filling up with water. you going over to the other side because God said we're going over from the beginning. He said we're going. All you had to do was grab on the face like a hungry dog with a biscuit. So what am I getting at, Brother Bob? I'm getting at this. You have what you say. If you're saying what God says. You could either say what God says, or you can say what Satan is saying, or you can say what human beings, people are saying. But I tell you what, if you learn to say what God says, then God will make everything that he says come to pass in your life. The devil wants you to believe that God is a liar. But my Bible says the devil is the father of lies. And he's so good at lying, he lied for Adam and Eve, he lied. And one-third of the angels came out of heaven following his lying self. Now, if you know one-third of the angels left heaven listening to the liar, Satan, you can imagine people in this world. That's why you must be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to be born again. You can't do this by yourself, saints. You've got to be born again.
2: Bishop Bob Jackson, Senior Pastor and Founder of Axeful Gospel Church of Oakland, again on the web at actsfullgospel.org. That's
1: actsfullgospel.org. This has been the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. To nominate your congregation for Church of the Week, please email us the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to your church's website, to Church of the Week at SalemSF.com. Again, that's the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to the website and email to church of the week at salemsf.com. While all submissions will be considered, not every submission is guaranteed airtime. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure to tune in again next week at this time for the Church of the Week.